Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Club. I'm Alice Edie and I'm joined as always by my incredible friend and collaborator and co-host Jessamy G. And today we're interviewing Kyle Tillman. Kyle, it's very difficult to give you kind of like a little brief summary, but um, Kyle is the founder of the Tillman Creative Company or Tillman CC. And uh, you do branding, you do design, you do mural, you do illustration. But um, just for more context, Kyle and I met three years ago at the Typism Conference. And Kyle, I still have a photo of one of your slides that you put up. It's like, it's one of my favorite, favorite things. It was a slide where you used a black and white Shutterstock photography image of two business people shaking hands. And then like across the across the front of the image, just in bright blue typography, it just says, friends. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. to that point, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, welcome, Kyle. It's lovely to meet you. So you're a new face to me and it's um and you're dialing in. We're on uh, Zoom today. You're in sunny Brisbane. Uh, sunny Gold Coast, Burley Gold Heads. Coast. Oh, yeah. Man, super bad. I've got um, a number of family members up on the Gold Coast. I think the Gold nice. Coast gets a bad rap, but I love it, the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> it it um it really does. And then when people come here, they're like, oh right, Gold Coast isn't service paradise and theme parks. It's yeah, there's a lot more, there's a lot more to the Gold Coast. Totally. And I think that's it. You just automatically think of surface paradise in saying that Dan and I once accidentally were like, we'll book a little like mini getaway to the Gold Coast. And we accidentally booked it in schoolies week. (laughs) 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 And how did that go? We learned a lot of lessons. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> did you resist it or did you try? Did you we, go? We moved. Hello, we had to move fellow youths. <laughs> yeah, we had to move hotels. It was awful. It worked out okay. But um, anyway, Kyle, welcome. Yeah. And as you know, the way that this podcast starts is that we ask our guests to read their own bio. So would you indulge us, please? Yes, I am. Um, I've got it up right here. So this is just straight from our website. Um, here we go. Kyle Tillman. As owner and creative director of Tillman Creative Co., Kyle's curious brain never really switches off, a bit like a humming little human hard drive. Renowned for his energetically graphic signature Tillman style, Kyle's skill and passion to create original work has seen him partner with international juggernauts, including the likes of Oakley, Corona, General Pants, Disney and Wu-Tang Clan. When it comes to his creative career, he's had a wild ride, a wild and memorable ride. Early days in a local print shop, moving up the ranks in Billabong garments and diving into startup mode at Potato Press. Every twist and turn along the way has provided valuable professional lessons peppered with some epic times to be had. Kyle gives back to the Australian creative community by presenting national industry talks alongside hosting hands-on workshops in his local area. He continues to be actively involved in the Australian art scene, exhibiting work in well-known galleries across the Gold Coast, Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Impressive guy. Yeah. (laughs) I have questions. Yes, please. The first one, Wu-Tang Clan, please, please elaborate. I must know everything. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a story. So, um, it's probably one of my, uh, probably one of my proudest sort of, um, achievements. Um, not so much for the, the work that sort of came out of it, but it was a real lesson in, uh, I really want to do this. So I just chased it and sort of made it happen myself. So basically they announced that they were doing three shows at the Opera House in Sydney. And um, I was like for their 25th anniversary of um, uh, 25 Chambers. Um, Sorry, 36 Chambers. (laughs) Getting mixed up with my numbers there. Um, And so I was like, oh, yes, I've got to go to that. So I just booked a ticket straight away. I'm I'm just, I don't know who I'm going to go with, but I'm going. Um, and, and then I was like, oh, shit, I've got this idea for a 
design. So I just did the design and put it out on social media and was like tagging everyone, like all the members, whoever I could think was tagged in here, sharing it with people. And um, and then like nothing happened. So about a month <laughs> later, I was like, nah, fuck this. I've got to make this happen. Um, so I found their um, their clothing label and I was like tagging them in it, sending it to people, just trying to get, you know, get it in front of someone. Uh, and then I get a message back from a guy that works at their WooWear brand. Uh, and they were like, yeah, I was, this is sick. I'm going to show my boss. And then didn't hear anything back. So I just followed him up, followed him up. And just kind of kept kind of saying, yeah, yeah, I really like it. And the boss thinks it's pretty cool too. So I'll, I'll, I'll just hit him up again. And then I hit him up one day and I'm like, he's like, yeah, my boss wants to talk. And I'm like, okay, sweet. So he's like, yeah, his name's Power. Um, he's going to call, like, he can call you in like an hour. And, um, and I'm like, shit, here we go. So I <laughs> called this guy and I was like expecting, because he's like the brand manager of Wu-Tang. So um, he's like, he was like executive producer on the first album and he's been there from Amazing. the beginning. Um, yeah, so I was kind of expecting like a, I suppose like a, a bit of a professional character as the as the brand manager. As, um, but like I said, hey, it's Kyle Tillman here from Australia about the uh, doing some merch designs for you guys. Like, yo, 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 what's up? And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so this is really happening. So then me and Power talked for like an hour, like literally an hour. Your hour. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and... And like, and I got off the phone. And I turned to my wife. I'm like, "Fuck! I think I'm like designing the whole um, tour merch for Wu Tang." Oh my god! And I'm like, "I don't. I, fuck! I didn't really have any. We just talked about random stuff like Russell Crowe and and <laughs> all these crazy stuff that he wanted to do. And, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm down for it. Let's go." What um, a crazy sentence! Yeah. Like to, to to put the phone down and be like, "Yeah, I think I'm doing. Um, I think Wu Tang is my client now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did someone witness that call? Did I make that up? Did that happen? I know. I, I've still got his number in my phone, which is just weird. Um, <laughs> and we're calling him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do not do not butt down the that number. That would be weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, it, yeah, it ended up happening. We. Um, so I did the the just the tour merch for um uh yeah for that tour at the Sydney Opera House and the New Zealand tour as well. So yeah, it was really cool. And like I also got to collaborate with a couple of different artists as well. Um, a mate of mine, Zach, uh, he goes by um oh man, I can't believe I. I forgot his actual Instagram handle. Anyway, he's an we'll amazing Indigenous in. artist from Sydney um, and he does um, dot work. So I got him to do some dot work for me and we put it through the Wu-Tang label, the, uh, the oh, Wu-Tang wow. logo, the big W. Um, and then we collaborated with a, um, a Maori artist in New Zealand as well for the New Zealand sort of leg of the tour. So, yeah, that was really cool. That's and then sick. And I got to go see it and... I actually don't even have one of the shirts that I designed. So basically, the, the what, what the I, I what the main design? This. I remember this. Yeah, the I main design yeah. that I kind of was the one that sparked the whole idea was basically the reflection of the opera house makes the woo symbol on the water. Oh, um, so yeah, I don't even have one of those because they sold no, out. Okay. And I was there. <laughs> I know. And like the first night, they sold out. So. Amazing. Every now and then I run into people that have them and I'm like, oh, wow. I was just going to say, you need to just buy it off the body of the next person you see wearing it. Oh, I was going to be like full wooting, like roll them for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's incredible. And a couple of yeah. things sort of strike me about that story, Kyle. One is like having the clarity of like, I just, I know that I want this and I'm going to go mm. for it and go for it until I get it. And I think that something that probably has to sit behind that would be a real um, confidence in your work as well, right? To be able to be like, no, I know that I can do this. I know that I can do a really, really good job of this and backing yourself completely in that. 
Is I that- think that's, yeah, I think that's one of the things that I, I am confident in is um, like I know that I can make things work and I suppose I've got a fair bit of tenacity when it comes to that. It's like we'll just like I really want this to happen so it has to work. Has that always um, been the way that you work and the way that you think or is that kind of a muscle that you've developed over the years? I think there's probably like a part of me that's always had that um, but not with everything. Like there's lots of things that I'm definitely not that confident in. I'm confident in my creative skills to a degree, yeah. Like when I'm in my little zone of expertise, I'm like, yeah, I've got this. This is, yeah. And I think as well, I think it was the idea, like when I had that idea of just for that, you know, for the Wu-Tang example, um, it was like, yeah, that's solid. Like that's that's yeah. going to work. Um, so I've got to pursue it. Yeah. You know, if it was just a crappy idea, I would have just gone, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one thing I noticed sort of looking through your website and we heard it as well in the tone of the bio that you read out, you've obviously got a really strong sort of personality and identity and personal brand that goes yeah. through everything that you do. And something that's come up um, in a few of our episodes on this podcast is that that seems to be sometimes almost like an antidote to imposter syndrome is having a really strong sort of personal brand and personal style and knowing who you are because then it becomes less about I'm better or worse than someone else because you're like you're the best Kyle at being Kyle. Sorry, yeah. other Kyles out there. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Tillman, I should say. Well, the, oh yeah, the K-I-E-L Kyle. Yeah, there's plenty of other K-Y-L-E's out there. Can, can um, we ask about the spelling of your, yeah. so yeah, for those who don't, oh, you probably will see it in the episode title, but Kyle's yeah. got K-I-E-L. Is that, where is that from? Uh, I wish it was as exotic as it sounds. <laughs> um, it was, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm very much just uh, mongrel Australian. I don't really have any uh, fancy heritage. So I think uh, my parents as, um, you know, mid-20-year-olds in the 80s, they, they were watching a cop show and there was a, a Kyle on there and they are like, oh, yeah, that's a sick name. Um, <laughs> that that explains your strong yeah. cop energy that I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I know, totally. It's uh, in his heritage. Yeah. So, so they liked the name Kyle, but they thought that I would get Kylie if I if they spell it K Y L E. Right. Which, was Kylie um, Minogue a big deal at the time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kylie, Kylie Minogue was pretty big. Um, so, yeah, that was it. So they changed it to K I E L, and then, then now I just get Keel. Constantly. Yeah. I was saying to Alice yeah. before, I'm like, I know that it's pronounced Kyle, but everything in me wants to say Kiel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but look, going through life with a name like Jessamy G, I feel you, buddy. And I feel yeah. everyone's like utter disappointment when they meet me and I'm just a white chick. And they're like, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm going to be German or something. I'm like, nah. <laughs> nope. Just Sorry. an Aussie cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, can we just back to that that point though about like infusing infusing your personality or your sense of you in your work has that been a has that been a quality that you've been able to kind of exercise the entire way through your career or if you look at some of your earlier work is it like can you track <laughs> apologies. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Do not disturb. Okay. Okay. No, that's, Sorry, that's guys. actually We're good. Back. We're back. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to articulate that question better. So, can I start at the beginning of the question? Yeah. All right. This was uh, all, all intentional. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Kyle, back to the idea of of personality within design and personality within your creative output, which is, for the most part, not all of it, but a lot of it client driven, like you're solving other people's problems, but looking through your work, whether it's scrolling through your Insta or your website, like there's a very, very strong sense of who you are. Um, and I think it, I think in industries where we're selling creativity, it's really difficult for people to hold on to that. I think people do tend to kind of 
perform like a lobotomy on themselves and keep their creative self and their and their business self quite separate. It takes quite a lot of confidence. But is that something that you've, like if you look back at your early work, is it as noticeable then or can you almost track do you know what I mean? Is there like a trajectory where you were like safer in the beginning and as you developed more of a style and got a bit older, got a bit more work under your belt, it comes in more? Like how do you manage those two, the the responsibility to a client, but also to yourself? Um, yeah, it hasn't always been like that at all. Like I was super self-conscious that I didn't have a style like That's originally. That's so crazy to hear um, looking at your work. That's and, so strange. Because, you know, I had friends with um, like really clear styles and it's almost like, um, you know, like a, a mate in Sydney, Cindy Sin, it's like, oh, that's a Cindy piece for sure. Like, you know that. Uh, I had another mate, Milan, who goes by Stay Bold and he was, it was like he always knew his stuff. Um, but... Um, like they would always talk to me about how they get stuck in like they get pinpoint, like pinholed into this, um, like you have to do this style and that's all they can continuously do. And when they try and do stuff outside of their usual style, their client just wants it back in there. Plus they also got like they get ripped all the time. So people steal their style all the time. Um, so it was... Um, like it was through talking to, I suppose, my peers and stuff. And that, and a lot of people would just be like, yeah, I know you have a style, man. Like I can, I can pinpoint your work from miles away, but I still was thinking that I don't. And I think it's because I do do just kind of different, um, you know, I do typography, but then I do illustration, then uh, more of the, the brand commercial kind of branding work. Um, that I was always like, oh, I, I should be niching down, shouldn't I? Or So I was always unsure of that. So it's definitely come with time that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my style. Or I, yeah, that confidence comes in where it's like, yeah, I can just, I can nail that. And then when it comes to the clients, um, like they kind of come to me because of what they've seen. Like I think that's a lot especially with the murals, like um, they come to me because they've seen what's out there. It's like, oh, we want something like this or, yeah, but just a bit different. But then at the same time, like, you know, um, I was talking to B that works for me um, after we did a, a mural like last week and I was like starting to get a bit sick of these uh, beachy kind of um, florals and stuff maybe we might need to start doing some real weird shit so that people start hiring us for that I was so, just yeah. gonna ask actually like how you uh, do you make time in your day-to-day -day as well like in terms of experimenting and style and stuff are you or or is it more like you'll develop something play with that and maybe have a couple of years where that's the way you work and then it naturally evolves or do you kind of try keep that experimentation running concurrently to your practice? Um, it's tricky to find time to, to, to do that experimenting, um, especially when we've got just, you know, jobs backed up and, and, and the client's very much going, we like this kind of style. Um, but, you know, I got an inquiry just the other day and... It's, it's not a big job, it's, it's for a mural and it's on a, this weird roller door thing. And I'm like, usually I'd be like, I don't want to paint a roller door. Um, but for this one, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but this is kind of the style, you know, that I'm thinking about doing for this. And um, they seem to like that. So hopefully this one, I, it can, I can use this piece as a bit of a, like a bit of a switch up, I suppose, just to try something different and... Um, yeah, get a bit weirder. Yeah, cool. And so you also do branding for your clients. Yeah. And is that sort of the lessons that you've learned in terms of kind of finding your own personal style and brand, is that something you leverage when you're doing that work with your clients? Um, I th For most of the time, yeah, mostly, I mean, people would be like, 
um, they've seen what we do and whether it's they've been to the website, which is probably, I don't like, I'm super proud of that website. It, like, it's yeah. majority. Awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I, sometimes I freak move. out. It's yeah. Cool. yeah. I, f- I freak out that it's actually like my business. But, um, Bianca that works with me, um, she did the majority of it because last year she worked remote for like six months down at the snow. Um, and what happened was during that six month, we just got a whole bunch of mural jobs, which I was, and obviously she was down in New South Wales. There was, you know, border issues at that time. So um, I was just like, it's fine. I've got, you know, I'm earning money with these murals. Um, let's just get the website, like, awesome. So, so yeah, I think when clients come there, they kind of see what we do and, and how we operate and they just, you know, they, they see the vibe and they, they don't go too far away from it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it helps a lot because if, if um, you know, if we just had like a really simple branding website that was really clean and, and I suppose, you know, in design sense probably it makes sense because you're probably letting the work that you've done for other people show. Um, but for our website we just fucking go nuts and our character's very much on it. Yeah, yeah. It's packed with personality and it's just, yeah, it's super, super cool. Um, yeah. A term that I saw you use throughout your website a few times that I wanted to ask you about was unconventionally professional. Yeah. I'd love for you to expand <laughs> on that a little bit for us because I, I love it. Um, I want to know yeah. what that means to you. It just it, it just kind of came out of a like a discovery session that we did just with me and Bianca and um, another friend of mine who's a copywriter and he sort of came in and almost filtered through what we had just, all the stuff that we'd spewed up onto the whiteboard sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, we're, we might not look the most professional but, like, everything that we do is, like, is solid. Like, we do really good work. It's always polished um, but we might get a bit weird along the way, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, it's hard to kind of articulate it. That's, you know what, honestly, that's one of the things about coming onto this podcast. I was like, like, you know, talking about imposter syndrome because I've listened to most of your podcasts and I'm like, man, these guys articulate things so well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I almost oh, got my headphones. In I love, I'm just laughing at you saying this. It's literally Jessamy and I are sitting here sharing a set of headphones because we couldn't get yeah. the sound to work. <laughs> I know Friday afternoon we can like barely get a sentence out. So. And I just yeah. laughed too hard that I pulled on the headphones that we're sharing. <laughs> it almost ruined everything. But, <laughs> but um, the, the great thing about the premise of this podcast though, Kyle, is that all of that, it, it's it's baked in, right? Like that's the <laughs> that's the point, and it's funny, isn't? It? And and now we, like we've experienced it ourselves as well, like starting a podcast about imposter syndrome and then feeling like imposters because we're not real podcasters. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's all yeah, it's yeah. all like a, a circle that goes oh, round yeah. and round and round. You're in you're in the safest of hands here, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, this I'm, is I know the place. That as well. yeah. it's, that's why I was looking forward to it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's just so good to speak to you, and yeah, this is this is a safe place. So I'll throw you some some easy ones, Kyle. Yeah, I'd love to oh. know a little bit more about your like your upbringing and your story, like before um, Wu Tang amazingness. Mm-hmm. What sort of like what kind of path did you have? Say like you know post high school. Um, well, I moved to the Gold Coast basically straight after high school. So I was still 17. Um, so I grew up in this little town called Old Bar, uh, which most people don't know. It's near a place called Tari, and Tari is near a place called Port Macquarie. <laughs> so it's like mid-north coast of New South Wales. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just like a little tiny beach town, but there was not that many prospects after school. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, you know, throughout the end of high school, I'm like, oh, wow, I can actually get a job where I create logos and draw stupid pictures and stuff. I, so, I was just, wait, question, yeah, question. So were yeah. you the kid in high school where like 
Were you the guy that when your mate started a band, like you would do the logo for the band? Was that like, <laughs> was that already part of your, your vibe? I, like, is that who you were then already? Yeah, I, I was always drawing, but I was the guy that did a surf brand for my designer technology while everyone else was like making chairs and, yeah. and like tables. And so it was like woodwork and metalwork. And um, I did, yeah, a, a surf brand and my mate did um, a surf video. So that we were like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, literally we were the only two in the room. Everyone else is down in the woodwork room. What, were that, so, what was your surf brand called? Uh, it was called Rejects Boarding Apparel. Uh, so, right. yeah, because we, you know, in our school, like we we lived in Old Bar but we had to go to Taree to um, go to high school. And that was like, so we're like, we were like the grommets, the surfers, the the bums sort of thing. And everyone else was like, you know, the big football players and smart people. And yeah, so we were very much a little group that sat around here. Yeah. It wasn't a big school either. Let me tell you, it was pretty small. So, sorry, old bar, like... I'm imagining this like the old bar, which is a band venue. I know. <laughs> is I know that how venue. you spell it? Yeah, like yeah. old bar? Just old bar. Yeah. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not named after an actual bar. It's. It's. There was a. Um, it's not some great marketing it's just by the, the old general, bar. Johnson Street. Yeah. The general concept of old bars. <laughs> there was a big uh, sandbar out the back of the ocean. So, oh, I see. Yeah, that's why it's called old bar. I think. I am. Um, I love yeah. the um when you can trace when like your present tense self can trace those roots back to school. Like I'll never forget getting in so much shit. Our teacher, I I probably would have been like nine years old or something, and she gave us a printout of words that we had to learn how to spell. So it was like each word was written out, and then there were ten lines beneath it, and you had to copy the word out ten times. And that was the exercise for that kind of thirty minutes. And when she, when we all handed the sheets back in, everyone had filled in all their lines and I'd only done about four words, but I'd been copying the font. So I'm like, so they were like perfectly reproduced, like little serifs and I'd done the different like yeah. weighting and letting and all of these things. And I got in so much trouble, which is hilarious given that that is pretty much my job it's now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's gorgeous. It's, it's all there. It all makes sense. Okay, so after um, after your uh, runaway success first surf brand, what yes. what was the next piece uh, of the Yeah, next journey? was, yeah, I was like, oh, well, I can study graphic design and, you know, do this stuff. Uh, so I was either going to go to Sydney to Billy Blue or um, go to the Gold Coast to like just this little small private college I say private, it's just like an independent college. It was, yeah, um, yeah. just a diploma or, or maybe even a, no, maybe even just a certificate. <laughs> but it was just like a one-year course. Yeah. And all my friends were moving here. So um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into Sydney by myself. I'm going to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Good choice. It's funny that like I, like I even often get asked, like I was talking to one of the very – like one of the more popular mural artists that were at the festival that just happened up here. And, and he was like, why did you move to the Gold Coast? And I'm like, well, I was from Old Bar. Like the Gold Coast was the big smoke. Like yeah. it was massive. Um, and then, but, you know, he was from Melbourne. He's just moved to Byron. So I'm like, this is why, because it's pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome yeah. up here. Yeah. Coming towards the end of Melbourne winter, you're like I would be anywhere. I'd be yeah. anywhere <laughs> that's not here right now. Yeah. How is sorry, you're gonna ask no, no, you can answer. Oh, um how this is completely jumping all over the place in terms of timeline, but how was the mural festival? What were you, were you painting something or were you what was your Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I did a little bit of um helping just with the like the organizational side of it a little bit. It was more like we actually because this is the second year. Um, and we actually got heaps of applicants. So I kind of helped them and just said, well, that person can paint, that person can paint, that person can paint. And then I'm like, you should totally get these people because they're awesome and I really want to hang out with them. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then I did I did do a piece as well. But it was, it was kind of shitty because I, like, it started 
we had like two days of rain, so no one was really painting. And then I got COVID, so I was like isolated for that no. week, oh, like in between. Gosh. And then I got out like on the Wednesday of the second week, and then we went and painted a yeah a big mural. But that was fun. I like it, and that was a good one. Um, but like I kind of been, I was meant to be painting this wall, then that wall, then this wall. So it was like all last minute, and I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna do something really fun. So I did like a skull with sunglasses on spewing rainbows and stuff so that sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) and it literally said above all else have fun oh so good what is um what is your dream mural painting situation like if you walked up to the wall like what is if all the conditions were perfect and the planets aligned like what would that look like just like a flat wall white um (laughs) Just no, like a flat wall. That's yeah. <laughs> no, no, like drain pipes. No, yeah, uh, weird structures to maneuver around, and then like just a nice concrete bottom so you can use this as a lift. Um, yeah, that's about it. And somewhere where people can see it too. And no rain. And no COVID. No rain. Yeah, that's true. Very helpful. No I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're if we're writing a wish list. Yeah. Okay, so backing, backing right. a bit. We're jumping all okay, over the yeah, place, sorry. but it's fine. Right. So you moved so to did, the Gold Coast. Yep. So I studied for a year, um, got a got a work experience at a big offset printer, um, and then I ended up getting a job there for about 12 months. And um, uh, a mate that I went to, to college with was like, oh, there's this job going at Billabong, you should go for it. Um, it's in it's in garment design, so I was like, at that time, I think I had like long hair. It was dyed black. I was just pretty emo and goth, uh, <laughs> rocking up at Billabong where there's just all these blonde, surfy, tanned men, and um, <laughs> then I was like, and they gave me the job. So um, yeah, I ended up being there for eight years. Uh, oh, so wow. from like nine, 19 till I was yeah twenty seven, um, and. I was, I was kind of there during the glory days. So they not long floated onto the stock market and they had a lot of money and it was lots of fun. It's not wasn't too stressful. And then uh, the GFC hit and then they just like bombed and uh-huh. things were getting real dodgy there. So I, saw, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and decided to leave. Um, actually, the, the one thing that made me leave... Um, there was these these denim walk shorts that I used to have to design because um, I ended up being like a senior men's designer that did the denim jeans and walk shorts, um, that sort of category. So, you know, we had to do these denim walk shorts that had massive logo on the side and it was always the last thing I left like in the season to design. <laughs> so I don't, don't want to do this. I'm like, ah, shit, i got to do this. Oh, I've got this such shit, a picture shit. in my head of these, oh, this yeah. exact garment. And, <laughs> uh-huh. and so I pulled up like the, the, the file from the last seat, like one year before, season before, and um, it was like the exact same date except one year prior so I'm like oh this is fucked I'm just doing the same shit over and over yeah. again you know I can't really I'm not I don't get to do the fun stuff that I want to do um I think this is yeah it's time for me to leave and um yeah a friend of mine was had a like a little digital printer um business and he just moved to a new factory needed someone to help out um and he just got a laser cutting machine so um yeah, I was talking to him. He's like, oh, do you want to come work with me? I'm like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, I'm doing it. So, you know, everyone was freaking out, me leaving this big corporate company to go and work with two guys in a shed. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was good. That's kind of where I got my, that's where I sort of, yeah, learnt how to run a small business, I suppose. Yeah. How long yeah. were you doing that for? I was there for eight years as well. Oh, so wow. it's kind of the... a common theme Mm. yeah um but I was then you know towards the last two years there I was kind of starting to um do my own stuff so do and then I ended up going part-time there and 
like two days there, three days, and just until my creative co stuff. So it was kind of a natural progression. But that was that was awesome. Like that business was awesome. I got to do lots of um, really cool stuff. So they had these laser cutting machines, and um, the guy I was, was working with, he was pretty much like, just go for it. Like we've got this wood here. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with these machines? Because I don't want to cut, like, I don't want to be etching, like, names on pens or anything. I want these things to be creating really cool stuff. So, yeah, he kind of gave me free reign on that. And so I, that's when I started drawing again. So I was drawing illustrations to laser etch on the skateboards. Um, and then that's when I kind of was getting right into exhibiting my work and, I was doing like these layered, laser cut, laser etched um, artworks. Um, yeah, which was really fun to do. And then, but then through that process, I kind of figured out techniques to, um, that we would then go on to use in products. So we ended up doing a lot of awards and trophies. Oh, um, so all cool. these custom awards and trophies. So um, like I think the last thing I designed when I was there was the, the trophy for the Quicksilver Pro that happened here, so the, like this massive thing that the, the surface sort of hold up and, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was awesome. Then got to travel to the US with them um, uh, to sort of help them set up a US office and, like, they work with, like, NASA and Disney and oh Amazon and these crazy companies now. Yeah. NASA? Who gets yeah. to work with NASA? That's I know, literally right? the coolest. That's so good. Like, but what do they, what do you think they do? Like, what they do they do? They do these like awards and stuff for them. And then like they, um, like for example, the Amazon ones is all like internal, like staff awards and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just like a continuous thing for them now. That is yeah. so cool. It's so yeah. fun to think of that job, like, yeah, that that job exists. Someone for has someone. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Someone yeah. gets to make NASA awards. And so I think this is like incredibly rare, actually, that you have, you've really had a lot of clarity on what you wanted to do from when you were like designing your own surf brand as a high schooler. And yeah. then you haven't really gone outside I mean there's been sort of slight differences but you've always been in that world which is quite incredible really I'd say that's remarkable mm. yeah it was um I yeah I did I forgot to tell you when um me and my dad were driving up here when we were moving when I was moving here I was driving a little my little barina up it was just had basically my whole life in the back and I was with my dad and he was like oh, so what do you want to do after you after you finish studying and I said, I did say I'd be pretty cool to work for Bill Long or something. And I'd actually forgotten about that. He told me that like years later while I was working at Bill Long. How? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's wild. So I've, I did, yeah, I have always been a good manifester. Um, not in the way that, you know, I don't sit down and um, cast spells or, you know. <laughs> Well, shit, I was just about to ask, yeah. may well, I please borrow we, your wand? We were getting yeah. to the witchcraft portion of the yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just more, I I think I was actually, I think something you said on the last podcast, Jasmine, is that you, you're always thinking. Um, yeah. But you don't sort of plan too far ahead, but you're planning, you're constantly thinking about stuff. I think that happens with me. Um, and I suppose I'm just you know, kind of manifesting it in a way because I'm always thinking about it and then subconsciously making these steps to make it happen. Yeah. I think that's right, hey, and I think that's sort of what people are really talking about when they're talking about, you know, manifesting yeah. things or putting yeah. it out into the universe. It's actually just if you're keeping yeah. something. It's the same th sort of thing that like uh, sits behind like vision boards and stuff, I think. It's mm. not like, you know, it's a magic thing that's suddenly going to like make all these things happen. But if you've got that dream, vision, you know, sort of like even if it's just a rough idea of where you want to be, it causes you to make a series of subconscious decisions that bring you closer to that thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And it and, gives you, you know, direction to move in. Yeah, plus a little bit of witchcraft. Never heard anyone. <laughs> yeah, 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 a little bubble bubble. A toil and trouble. Toil and trouble. <laughs> we dabble. <laughs> And what are you what what are you doing at the moment 
that that's lighting you up? Like when you have a good day at work, is there a specific kind of project or do you enjoy the, di- is the di- I think what I'm asking, is the diversity of your practice like a necessary part of being a creative business owner or is it something that you love? Um, I think, yeah, the diversity is pretty crucial, I think. Like, you know, I, I often f- even find myself feeling like I'm an imposter by having like in this scene of creative agencies, you know, because um, there's not many other agencies that sort of do branding and like large-scale murals. So I even feel like um, sometimes I feel weird about that and even that, you know, we don't offer like marketing and advertising and, you know, Google ads and we don't do, you know, that whole span of work. So I do have like little um, crises about, fuck, should we be doing this? Should we be expanding? Should, should we be hiring people to do all this stuff? And then, and then it's like, dude, stop it. That's just more stress. What are you doing? This is just what I want to ask about. Yeah. So, so how, can you unpack that a bit more? Because I think, I think it's really hard for people that achieve, that build a thing and achieve a level of success by saying yes to opportunities and being flexible. Mm. And, and we've, we've discussed this before, but like at some point that turns on you, right? Like at some point you could keep saying yes forever and ever and ever. And like, and like when do you say no? And you'd never see your family and you'd never sleep. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you know when it's a no? Um, well, I still don't really know. Like it's the only time I say no is when I'm just absolutely chockers or or it's just something that sucks and I don't want to do it. <laughs> but there's not like um, That's a great like metric. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's, this sucks. I think I just won't. <laughs> yeah. It would, I made it this would, whole but, like, sorry, Carl. <laughs> no, you're right. It would have to suck a lot for me to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I made this whole like um, process map that was like when do I like take a job or um, contract out a job or, or say no. Yeah. And it was this, you know, series of like yes, no questions, but it should have just been like, does it suck? Yes, no. <laughs> I'm going to simplify it a lot for myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a simple man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, the diversity is good. It's um, yeah, because um, we do, like, when we get too many murals back to back, like I get really... Um, like there's a few things that happen. It's, you know, it can be stressful because you're outside of the office, you're standing at a wall painting. You can't be doing, you can't be multitasking, can't be, like it takes a lot of time out of your practice um, to to be doing that. So then when we got them back to back, like I feel that there's so many of these little jobs that just, um, just back up or even just like getting back to people, quotes, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, all of that backs up and then I've just, I've like swamped and stressed at the end of it. Plus it's quite taxing like on the body. It's, you know, it's quite physical and um, and draining as well. So it's really good to have the, um, like the diversity so that we can just be like, okay, we've got, we've got three weeks of just branding stuff. And then it's, you know, by the end of the branding stuff, you're like, let's get back to a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of sitting in this office. Want to get Let's outside? Go. And yeah. is it just you and you and B? And you do between yeah. you, yeah. And you yeah. do all of the the admin based stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, my wife um, helps out a lot too. So she does all the accounts side. She handles all. Um, you know, she's always chasing up in. You know, getting it, making sure our insurance is all there. And um, God bless like, you. Know, I know. Wish it's I had a wife. Just job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she rectifies all the zero and everything like that. You know, I oh, still I still quote and like send the quotes and stuff. Um, I suppose she makes sure that they're paid because I, you know, I don't even really know how much money's in the bank account most days. <laughs> Relatable. Yeah. My, um, I just hi- hired my first staff member at the end of last mm-hmm. year and she's changed my life. I fucking love her so much. 
Yeah, just, I listen to this. She'd be like, Jasmine, you need to fucking call it. I know you love <laughs> yeah. me. I'm like, just don't leave me. Don't ever leave me again you, because now I don't know what my passwords or anything are. Jasmine sometimes <laughs> texts me like out of the blue, not even part yeah. of a conversation. She'll just text me to tell me how much she loves Rowena. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it was legitimately life because she does, you know, all of these things f- for me as well. But to um, to be able to like not be across that stuff and know that someone else is has been like I didn't I don't think I knew how much that was how heavily that was actually weighing on me until it was lifted and I was like oh my god yeah this is this is awesome it's a, so, yeah, yeah it's big stuff like um like if I didn't have my wife doing that stuff um my wife's name's Janine too by the way she absolutely loves uh all this kind of stuff that you guys talk about too. So I'm like, you'd love it. Yeah. Because yeah, you guys bring up Brene Brown all the time. I'm like, and she's always <laughs> flicking me Brene Brown podcasts. We um, love a bit of Brene. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, I love Brene. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and Bee's amazing too. So she's been with us for a bit over a year. Um, and, yeah, so, she, you know, we just, we work quite well together and, you know, I mean, she gets like the crazy little sketchy, drawings that I do for concepts like they're just basically illegible <laughs> and I'm like this shape here is this and that is this and she's like yep got it um and then she's quite structured and you know gets everything in line my folders that I've got now are all just she's just sometimes she just goes in there and just reorganizes everything um oh god that's because, a dream you know, yeah because I was just messy as just name them things stuff dot pdf whatever final version 2.3 final yeah. final no this yeah. one huh? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't use uh, <laughs> I, I no longer put final at the beginning of any file name because i feel like it summons a curse mm. yeah. like it's the second you put final in that document name i'm like oh cool i look i look forward to hearing about the edits you want <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly. 100%. um yeah and so Kyle, it sounds like um, like community is also something that's quite strong in your your work in your life. You know, you've referred to a bunch of your mates that you've collaborated with. Um, yeah. You referred in your bio to running workshops as a way of giving back to the community. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And is it that you know something that developed over time? Is that somewhere you've always felt um, like you belonged, or was there some sort of scene that you felt you had to? break into when you moved up to the Gold Coast or how did that kind of play out? Um, I think um, I think because I've always, like, I've been here for a long time now. I'm 40 years old, so I moved to when I was 17. So, I've, I've you know, I've kind of, I've just kind of grown up here and yeah. um, always probably just been a part of the start of it, I suppose, because um, we do have a really strong creative community here um, and I've always sort of just been involved in some way or, or another. Um, yeah, so it's it's been really awesome to see it grow and, and like, there's so many, like, people coming up underneath as well. Like, it's, it's just it's this big groundswell of creatives, not just in, like, design and mural artists and stuff. There's just a really good community here and I think it's, because we, it is quite small, everyone's just chill and everyone is supportive of each other and there's no real competition and, like, yeah, there's no real cliques either, I wouldn't say. Um, everyone's just open and really wants to, you know, experience it with everyone else. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to have been, to have been there where, where a lot of the cool stuff has kicked off and, um, yeah. And, and to the point, um, not only or, or kind of expanding on the idea of community to include obviously your family, mm-hmm. do you, I mean, I, I don't know, and, and I'd love to hear sort of when you came up, I know in my case and in a lot of my friends' case, maybe growing up in families where creativity or art wasn't necessarily a valued um commodity or I I don't even know how to say that my parents they were like it's a thing you do to play but it's not a job and it's certainly not it wasn't viewed as like a life option and I mean you've now created that for yourself did you did you come from a supportive family is the kind of first part of the question and then the second part 
which I'd love you to chat through is like how you think about that as a father. Like how do you how do you raise your kids kind of with with art in their lives or how do you think about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did come from a very supportive family. Um, no one else in my family is really creative though. So um, I don't know, maybe I was a bit of a novelty. Um, like it's only me and my sister and you know, mum and dad, but, you know, the extended family, there's no, no one else is really like, yeah, shit. Yeah, no one else is creative at all. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And it was such a yeah. clear thing for you. Yeah, it was always just super clear that that was going to happen. I mean, my dad was a builder for a long time, like when I was really, really little. So, you know, he's creative in, in other ways and he's mm. very, um, you know, skilled in building and making and, you know. So, you know. That you know, he always says, as everyone does, I can't even draw a stick figure. But you know, <laughs> everyone's creative in their own ways. Also, who um, wants to draw a stick figure? Yeah, no one. Actually, oh, I think stick figures are all right. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> what I was about to say in response to that. <laughs> yeah. As a graphic recorder, was, yeah, that yeah. Was. I mean, so I mean, yes. So we get that said to us yeah. all the fucking time at, at every single job. Can't even draw a mm-hmm. stick figure. Yeah. Uh, my my response is usually firstly, yes, you can. And yeah. secondly, <laughs> what, what, what I do is I, I basically glorified stick figures, right? Because they're not yeah. <laughs> it's not complex characters that we're drawing in graphic recording work. So fuck you, Alice, is what I'm saying. <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have our first fight live. You're gonna watch it happen. I'm like, fuck stick figures. Who needs them? <laughs> oh shit. Well, you witnessed it. You were here for the (laughs) end of the Imposter Syndrome Club podcast. It's been great. (laughs) The mics just go dead. It's just static from this point in. Kyle's the last person left on the call. (laughs) Hello. Uh, (laughs) Oh, dear. But sorry, so you were saying, so, so, yeah, like you were saying, your dad, creative and a maker, but, yeah, not in a, not in a creative, sort of quote, unquote, creative career. I know it's a a weird word to use. Like no one else in like a creative field at all. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Like I haven't actually even thought about that before, but, um, yeah, so they were always really supportive. Uh, They always wanted me to make sure I had a job. I think the most freaked out that they got, because they freaked out when I, left Billabong to go work, you know, with a mate in a shed um, to start a business with him um, or help him start his business. So I think they did freak out a little bit when I went out on my own um, just because, you know, other than when my dad was a builder, he worked for himself. But um, other than that, they're they're very, they're very like hardworking people and it's like got to have a job, got to have... Um, just like got to have savings, got to have all this sorted, all this needs to be sorted. Safety and I'm net, very much, yeah. yeah. And I am very much not that person. I'm basically, I don't know whether I just have rebelled against all of that or whether I was just always like that. And I think maybe it's the latter. I was always like that. And how do you think, how do you think about it with your kids? Yeah, um, I mean, I, we're, we're, I'm always sort of supporting them to be creative, Um I know my daughter is super creative and she's actually really good at lettering. Um, so I feel like she might follow in my footsteps a little bit. Have they helped um, with the mural yet? They haven't helped with the mural, but we did uh, a while back. We've got this cubby house and I painted it all white and just let them go hoss with oh, paint and spray awesome. cans. and oh um, God, It was a dream. And now it looks like it. <laughs> I mean, other than that, I don't do that much with them. So <laughs> no, that is the best. Of, that is the yeah, hot parenting fun. tip to take away from this. Buy your kids a cubby house, paint it white, and then just let them Yeah. Everything on the wall. Yeah. 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 I mean it kind of looks like I a crack den in the backyard, but that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. They just Cutest do like stuff like ever. Yeah. They did stuff like two plus two equals four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smiley faces. It does. Names. They're not wrong. <laughs> no, that's right. It's an um, educational tag. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and I mean they're they're always around it with me too. Like I always take them, even when I'm painting murals, I'll take them there and and show them the mural or at least, you know, they they know what I do. Um 
And so they, I suppose they are aware that, you know, you can do, this can be a career because obviously dad does it um, yeah. and they're, they're not starving. They've, they've got a house to live in. They got their own like house that. at the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean we're just supportive of whatever they want to do. So it's yeah. it's tricky. It's always a um, it's always a juggle. You know, you just got to find that thing that they really love and just nurture it. Um, so Levi, my son, he's right into Legos at the moment. So he's five. So yeah, we just sort of get him into Legos. And Charlotte is too. She's actually does like a Lego and robotics class after school on Thursdays. What? Yeah, no, Levi is spewing because he's not old <laughs> enough to do it. So we're trying to find him a class. But then, like, yeah, we used to take Charlotte to skateboard lessons and they do, like, Oz kicks. So it's like there's all these things. It's, it's, it's a big juggle. Um, I hear kids yeah. are very time-consuming. <laughs> are. <laughs> are the rumours true? <laughs> yeah. They sound so it's cool, skateboarding, Legoing, graffitiing. Yeah. I wish mm-hmm. I was doing that, all that stuff and someone was driving me to all of those things. I thought like, you were right. about to say to Kyle, I wish you were my dad. And I was like, well, this podcast also reached, a little bit true. We've reached our uh, <laughs> rock bottom of professionalism. <laughs> all right, I'm now going to dig upwards. Um, yes. You, you touched on something before, Kyle, that I think's interesting that I've thought about a bit, that sort of you are obviously a person that's like all in, happy to take the leap, don't need a, you know, backup plan, plan B, safety Mm. net, whatever. And I've wondered whether like, as you mentioned, like is that just, is that a personality type? Is that something that's in us or is it something we learn from somewhere? So if I think of like someone like my dad, my actual dad, not my my podcast dad, Kyle. Because he's, you know, he's worked in corporate jobs his whole life. He sort of has this, um, and I should say as well, he's always been incredibly supportive of whatever I want to do. But, you know, you think about things in terms of like um, holiday pay and sick leave and maternity Mm. leave and all these sorts of things that I've, you know, barely had a real job in my life. So these are not things like they, I don't feel like I've lost out on anything because I never had it to begin with. So I don't know whether that's, you know, it's just it's come with sort of never having had it so I don't worry about it so I'm not stressed of like, oh, God, what's going to happen because it's just always been that way um, or if it's, yeah, That's like a good an, point. an inherent you almost, Yeah, you don't thing. know what you're mm. gambling with in a way. If exactly, yeah. i got nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you feel like it's more something inherent, you reckon? I think it's more of a personality type, yeah, because mm. I don't think... I suppose I look and and um, I suppose I didn't have that many role models to do what I what I do now. Um, like you know, because yeah, my parents are always very safe, secure. Uh, they hard hard workers, very hard workers. I think that's where I got my like my tenacity from. Is like mm. like stick it out. You got to just get it done. Um, definitely, but when it comes to like taking a leap like running my own businesses, uh, I think it's more of a personality type. And, and, and like, circumstantial as well, like, because I was working at Potato Press and I was only there two days a week and, you know, doing my own stuff three days a week and it was kind of like, in my mind, I was kind of doing my old boss Rod or my friend Rod a favour by being there two days a week and I think he was doing me a favour, thought he was doing me a favour by keeping me there two days a week and then it kind of got to this point where, because I was, you know, I just wasn't there enough. I wasn't um, around enough to kind of have a real impact there. Um, and it was kind of, we both just came to a point. It's like, well, what do we want to do? And it was kind of like, you know, shit or get off the pot, really. Yeah. It's like, you've got to, it's, this is the time. And it was the worst time. We just had our second kid. We had no savings. And it was like, okay, here we go. So, you know. Thanks, big thanks to my wife Janine for um, <laughs> riding that way <laughs> with me. Janine, we love you. We yes. love you. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Um, yeah, because I, I think yeah, even without her support and stuff, I don't think I would have been able to make it through. Because you know, for starting a business, 
fucked up on all my tax. Kind of, wow. you know, there Please was like pride. Please don't say the word tax on yeah, So fucking relatable um, what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. like making every freelance mistake that it's not only making the mistake, but it's like the layer of shame of making the mistake because you can't yeah. believe you fucking you're like this is this is so predictable like yeah. how did I make how did I do the thing that they tell me to not do yeah yeah I know yeah. it sucks we live to tell the tale. yeah yeah um and so other people don't listen to us and do it themselves yeah. you, you know it's a lesson that you do have to learn really yeah. but um you know I think for me it was like I had something to prove. Like I'm like, no, I've got this. This is sweet. I've got this. Everything's fine. We're going to be sweet. It's all good. Look, it's sweet. I'm doing, yeah, yeah, I'm sorting out tax. Yeah, no worries. It's all good. And then, oh, shit, there's a big old tax bill. <laughs> so since then, that's the point where Janine does the books now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I see how this played out. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're so actually I think sponsored it's, today by Janine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah the real, the real boss, Squarespace and Janine. Yeah, <laughs> and so we're probably just about reaching the time to wrap up. But I'd love to ask you, Kyle, if you were, what's the next like dream job? If there was another Wu Tang situation, like, is there something you've got in mind, or something that's sort of like burning away that you think would be like that next thing that you would love to like chase after and go for? Yeah, I I don't think I've really got it at the moment. I think I'm just in the the mode of um, just ticking through. But um, like B Only Works does like four-day weeks. So um, I'm thinking about kind of, you know, taking the Mondays that she's not in the office as well to possibly just start creating art again because, um, you know, that was something I used to create a lot of. Um, yeah, maybe to do that or just to to go like crystal fox sicking with my friend like I did on Wednesday. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Please <laughs> unpack <me> that. <laughs> I know. Well, we're lucky like where I live is is Kurama, so it's right near the border of New South Wales. Um and just in northern New South Wales, there's all these really cool creeks because, you know, Mount Warning, that used to be a volcano. When it used to erupt, it's created all these amazing, um, like, volcanic rocks and streams with these awesome crystals and stuff in it so you can go fossicking. So I went for my first time on Wednesday um, and it was awesome because I love, I, I mean, I love going out in nature and I'm a big bird nerd, even though, when you're fossicking, you're not really looking up at the trees because you're looking in the water. But, um, yeah, that was awesome. You can't have it all. Ooh, I, know, I just love so. that that sentence included the phrase bird nerd and fossicking. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Those are both amazing. So that could be your, that, that could be your new Monday. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I think we'll see. I'm, I'm, yeah, I haven't got that one big thing that I need to achieve at the moment, um, just kind of getting through it. Yeah, sometimes a yeah. series of little things and some crystal fossicking yeah, is all I you think need. that's it. Maybe <laughs> it was like try, my big thing is just trying not to burn out. I think that might be my, yeah. my big thing at the moment is just trying to get a bit more balance. Um, yeah. So I hear you, buddy. I fossicking hear and, you. Yeah, and we just got a new puppy, so there's been lots of, Walks along the beach as well, which is good. What kind I of puppy? Both of our faces were like, met why have we been talking about art and design and career? Know, like, right? We should have led with the puppy, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, we need a um, name. We need a description. Okay, Otis. His name's Otis. He, um, he's a five-month-old Labradoodle and he was actually a rescue um, because we're, we didn't want to get a a breeder dog um, because we're suckers for rescues. Uh, so, yeah, we've had him for about three weeks now and he's oh, awesome. Oh, brand new. Yeah. Oh, so he's about, it's about five months old, six months old. 
Will you yeah. send us a picture of Otis to include on the yeah, Instagram, for sure. please? We need yeah. <laughs> That's going to be our clickbait, basically. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to use your beautiful rescue puppy. <laughs> yeah. We're not yeah. above that. Is what I'm saying. No, that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd say we're we're, we're significantly <laughs> below. <laughs> Kyle, thank you uh, so much. Firstly, for taking the time, but secondly, for your for also for just being so real as well about behind the scenes and what it means to build a life and a career, making the work that you do. And I think it's. It's something, firstly, the quality of your work is is astounding. Like you have such an incredible eye. Everything you've ever produced that I've seen of yours is smart, alive, funny. It has personality, but it's conceptually sound and it's beautifully designed. So just, just at a work level, I really just have so much respect. Um, but but it's also having having that incredibly slick product and getting to speak to you and you've just been so real and so so not scripted and so not controlled or designed like just that combination I think is is so generous and yeah thank you thank you for sharing that I think people are going to really get get a lot of value and a lot of um strength from that and I got um, a new dad so yeah <laughs> he's got Everyone a new dad <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much thanks for saying that Alice I think I really appreciate hearing that um and thanks for having me on it's been so good and it's an yeah, I've, you always, I always try and keep it real. I've, I was, I had to like stop myself from actually doing. Okay, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. Or like, you know, doing research and you know, doing no. that sort of thing. I'm like, no, just let <laughs> there's it fly. no homework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's, it's so good to chat and and thank you. Yeah. No worries. Thank you, Kyle. You're a legend. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Love thank you, you Jessamy. See you mm. next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Imposter Syndrome Club. Please follow us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're feeling extra kind, rate and review. Or if you got any insights or value from this, share with a friend. You can also find us on Instagram at ImpostorPod or online at ImpostorSyndromeClub.com.